Grassroots Rising is cultivating community through conversations. We are integrating innovative ideas, relationships, and connections while raising creativity and collaboration. Hello, and welcome to Common Roots Rising. Today, we're at Gravel Road Farm, southeast of Opaka, talking with Bridget Furquette. Bridget, can you tell me what is Gravel Road Farm? Uh, so we're uh, a small farm. We have about 50 acres. We grow vegetables, uh, mixed vegetables, to sell at um, our farm market in Wapaka. Um, and we uh, have a CSA. And then we sell to a few restaurants. Um, and then uh, we grow um, uh, fl- cut flowers. And we sell those through our market and our CSA. And we raise sheep, grass-fed sheep. Um, so a lot of our acreage is uh, mixed uh, woods and you know buildings, our house, our pastures, the vegetable fields, a wetland. And it's really... It's really like a little gem, I think, because the house is up on a hill and you can kind of see see the whole thing laid out before you and surrounded by other farms. And um, yeah, it's really, it's like a little special place, I guess. Yeah. And we're sitting actually in the greenhouse right now. There's all these cute little new plants uh, all around us and it's nice and nice and toasty warm here on this March um, cool day outside. So can you tell me, what inspired you to start this farm? So, uh, myself and my my spouse, my husband Ross, we met in college and um, in Ashland, Wisconsin. And we came. I came from Downers Grove, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago, and he came from Pleasant Hills, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And so, growing up, each of us, of course, is drawn to this. Already, it's in our nature. We already know we like to grow things and um, work with our hands. We like to be outside. And, and we met up in college and, um, uh, you know, had conversations about this. Like, oh, I would, I would love to live in the country. You know, I would love to have a farm. You know, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, you know, you're 18 and you're, you're dreaming about these things. Very naive and idyllic and everything. So um, I think that's at the root of it where it really starts is in our in our childhoods and in our in our true nature to want to grow things and um and and such but obviously now it's much different it's a much bigger picture from that small little piece um yes yeah so this land was in your family's um, sort of okay so in 1972, my parents bought the 40 acres that's across the road from where our house is. Um, and they bought it because my dad, my dad grew up in Wapaka. He was born and raised there and lived until he was, you know, 18-ish. Uh, and so he um, was best friends with this guy uh, growing up. And um, they bought a farm out here. Because, you know, they're best friends in town there. Mm-hmm. He buys a farm out here and says, there's another 40-acre plot. You should buy it so that you can have a little place, and then we can hang out or whatever. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm extrapolating. Uh, so, so then they bought that 40 acres right after they got married. 
and my parents got married. And with the idea, my mom, very smart woman, you know, she's probably thinking we're going to buy this to save money because sooner or later it's going to be worth more than what we paid for. You know, it's like a little nest egg or something. Sure. Um, so, so that's kind of how that, yes, the, it, it was in my family name. And so then in 2012, the summer, I was like, what are you guys going to do with that? You've had it for 40 years. You know, they're just paying taxes on it and the neighbor is just planting um, hay or whatever and renting it and um and they're like well sure i think it's time you know at the time actually my my father had been going through a lot of uh, cancer crisis and i he started to get these ideas that he wanted to take care of things and yes let's you can have it well you know it'll be yours and and such so then the next big piece of the puzzle i'll just say <laughs> this is kind of just the, one of the best parts about this story is we 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 come up to Wapaka every summer to to visit the chain and hang out with family and family reunion and stuff. And so, um, we left the little kids at my my parents at the cottage, and then we come out to the land to walk around because maybe we're going to put a yurt up or something. Uh-huh. You know, like okay. maybe we're going to start a farm here. And we're walking around, and we're you know. Um, enjoying it's a beautiful day in July and the neighbor comes out the next door neighbor who lives um, over here he comes out and he's like you know hi my name's Fred you know what's what you doing and uh, you know nosy nice um, Mm -hmm. neighbors and and he's like well I I like to keep an eye on this place because I don't want anybody coming over here and thinking they can just you know do whatever and uh, because it's you know across the road from their house and uh, it's a beautiful spot uh, and and we're like, well, we're we actually own this. This is our place now. My my parents. This is my parents' place, and they they gave it to me, and and so I'll be paying the taxes on it, and we'll be coming up here, and we're thinking actually maybe we might like to move here, and he and then his eyes light up, and he's like, really? Because I own this house right here, and I would love to sell it to you, and of course we're just like. Well, I guess that settles it right in that moment, you know, like yeah. light bulbs are going on and it's like, well, fine then, you know, because it's all location, location, the house and then having the land and having that all work out. And Right. So, so that, you you thought you maybe were going to have to build a house if you were going to actually yeah. move here and then it just showed, just showed up for you. So so how much land do you have then altogether? So, so across the road is a 40. Well, it's about 41 point something it, with now you can measure it real exact with gps and everything but it was a long time ago it was just one of the 40s and then over here is about eight so seven and seven eighths or something so about 50 altogether sure sure so then and how long have you been farming here then so we moved here in december of 2012 we we you know we lived in pittsburgh before this and um my ross was actually working for another organic farm in pittsburgh a really big one um you know that had like oh you know over a thousand CSA members, you know, mm. with the city, he was doing a lot of, you know, delivering of vegetables, you know, some growing, but a lot of, he d- driving a truck a lot. Um, but he, you know, worked there for many years. So if you want to count like farming experience, you know, he worked for six years for six seasons for this other giant, very experienced farm um, before we started this one. And of course we had a garden, we had chickens, we had bees, we did our own maple syrup, at our little suburban little homestead in Pennsylvania. So if you count all of that, you know, um, but starting here, 
December of 2012, we moved. And then in um, April and May, we started to uh, plow up the for the vegetable fields. Okay. So 2013 kind of is when Gravel Road Farm officially began. Okay, super. Um, and I noticed your farm is organic. Can you tell me about that and why organic is important to you? Well, got to be careful about that because we're not certified organic. Okay. So we can't say that because we're not technically. And um, because that costs money and people who put a lot of work into being certified organic, um, uh, I've earned it because they've put the work into the paperwork and the time um, and things like that. And that's something that we don't, we're not actually doing. Um, Now, to us, marketing uh, or certified organic is a marketing piece. Right. And in Wapaka, we don't feel like, and the way we run our business, a couple of things together, we don't think we need certified organic is in our plan right now. Um, and uh, and I don't know. I, you, you appreciate the organic concepts and growing without chemicals and things? Is that? Well, certified organic is, is much more complicated than grow, than Yes the chemicals or the things you put in because obviously there are a lot of chemicals out there you know in the the periodic table of elements you know in the earth in the soil there's calcium and there's (laughs) is that a chemical there's boron phosphorus nitrogen all those things so um, being organic is more about um the certified organic is what are you putting into the soil you know and so if you're going to put something in the soil, then that has to be certified organic if you're going to buy compost or something like that. Now, we make all our compost here. Okay. From neighbor's horse manure, from our own sheep manure and waste, vegetable waste, wood chips, um, old hay, stuff like that. Sure. Um, uh, chicken. And when we had chickens, we put a lot, would empty the chicken coop out and compost that. Um, uh, so other things with um, organic certification is, uh, you know, uh, getting your water tested, making sure that it's safe, you know, um, uh, seeds, buying organic seeds, which we do mostly. I mean, we buy from Johnny's and High Mowing and um, Osborne and all these other places. And whenever we can get organic seed, we do. But sometimes you can't. And that's allowed under organic standards if it's a rare seed and they don't, you can't get it anywhere. You know, there's a lot of wiggle room there. Um, I think the key thing for certified organic is for when you don't know your farmer, when you don't have a relationship with them. And there's right. somebody in between you and, and, and the farm. You know, when I go and buy milk at the store... I'm going to go buy organic milk because I don't, I'm not buying it right from the farmer. Mm-hmm. So I want to make, that's kind of gives me a little bit of assurance that maybe the, the cows and the milk is a, a certain quality that I'm looking for. Whereas if I going to, you know, my next door neighbor has milk and I'm going to buy milk from them. I don't, I'm just supposing um, sure. that they, you know, I don't need that to be certified organic because I know them and I can see their barn and I can see how they're treating their animals, such like that. So if you're not certified organic, then what is your farming philosophy and and what what practices do you follow? How how do you describe that to people that ask you? um, Well, that's a really good question because people are always asking us that at the market. Like, are you certified organic? And I usually say to them, like, no, we've chosen not to become certified organic at this time. You know, uh, but we could if we wanted to. I'm sure we could go through the paperwork and the time and... And, and the money, mm-hmm. you know, it costs money to be certified organic. Uh, um, you can get grants for, to cover some of it, but 
and whatnot. It is a time commitment too to keep paperwork. You know, they want to know what did you plant here, and where is the seed packet for that? Save all the proof that this is what you right. planted here. You know, right. uh, so time and energy. So explaining to people like, well, I just say, you know, what part of certified organic are you most concerned about? You know, pesticides, spraying pesticides. We don't use pesticides that you couldn't use if you were certified organic. You know, I tried. And then sometimes they, you, a customer is satisfied with that. Um, And if you try to explain it any deeper, like what BT is, you know, then, then they're just, they're a little lost. They just, they want an assurance. So sometimes when I'm talking with customers, I'm just like, you know, I say, I eat all of this food on this table and I feed it to my children and I have been doing this for years. So Mm -hmm feel like sometimes that's enough just to, to like explain how we eat um how we grow and things like that I don't, does that make sense yeah i mean i i know that you're particular about the way you take care of the soil and the way, you, way the way that you take care of your plants i've i've heard some farms that don't go through the certification process because there are certainly hoops to jump through and it's not really necessary to call their farms more organic because they actually do some practices that aren't even right in the certification process which is really i guess for the store for the to label the product in the store for the consumer right more than the farmer's market and buying direct so okay yeah like here's an example of something that we do um a lot of farms grow their seedlings and put vermiculite on top it's like a little um like a uh it's a stone kind of like a little gravel that you Mm -hmm. put on top um and it's a finite resource you know what uh but instead, we've chosen to buy these rice hulls. So this is up in Wausau. This is a company that cleans these rice hulls and dries them and then you buy them. And then I can sprinkle those on top. And that sort of keeps the soil moist and does everything that the vermiculite does, um, but um, is more sustainable because it's like you can pl- rice is always going to be planted and always harvested. And there's always going to be this, you know, material from the manufacturing process. Right. And sure. then... Our soil is very sandy. I don't need to add any more rocks to my soil right. and my seedlings. Um, I'd rather have more organic matter, which the rice hulls will break down. Now, nowhere in organic certification does it say you should be adding more organic matter to your soil and you shouldn't be using, you know, things that, you know, are, have finite resource. So, obviously, you know, we're making a lot of choices to do things differently and yeah. Um, yeah. or in the way that we think is the best for our situation and our environment. Definitely. So can you tell me, what are some of the things that people can get from you here at Gravel Road Farm? Oh, well, we grow vegetables. So, I don't know, 70, 80 different kinds of vegetables. What, what, what can, what's your favorite vegetable, I say to people? You know, we probably grow it. But, you know, brassicas, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbages, kohlrabis, um, turnips, uh, um, all the uh, tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, uh, tomatillos and onions and scallions and uh, leeks, um, uh, lots of root crops like carrots and beets and parsnips uh, and radishes, lots of lettuce, uh, mm. on and on, lots of kale and chard, lots of other types of greens, arugula, um, lots of herbs, fresh herbs, you know, so basil and cilantro and parsley and dill and all those fresh herbs and things like that um and then potatoes and squash um in the fall we grow a lot of that 
and then cut flowers, of course. Yeah, you do a lot with cut flowers. Well, yeah, that sort of, like, uh, I guess the newest thing that we've do- been doing here, but, this, you know, four or five years now. So sun, usually sunflower bouquets, type wildflower mm-hmm. type bo- looking bouquets at the farm market. And, uh, and then now, and now, last year I added a, a flower bouquet CSA, doing that again this year. Um, and then I do, if people want like a bucket of flowers, there's a, uh, you know, a good month where I have enough flowers. Usually I can sell them like a bucket of flowers and they can just make their own bouquets and stuff for events and, and, and that. Um, and then of course our grass fed lamb. Okay. So we raise our sheep on pasture and, um, they can get, uh, all different kinds of cuts, uh, of meat at the market. Uh, and, People actually lately have been calling us for Easter to get their their Easter uh, legs of lamb. So we're selling out on some stuff already. I'm surprised, but um. wow! I mean, you. Um, but this past year, I, I I know I've talked to a few other farmers that said um, with um, the shortages that happened in in some of the markets and and not knowing where your food was coming from, um, a lot of local farmers were busier. Yeah, because, yeah, it's, which is, I mean, great for you. Yeah, 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 it was great. We had we had to turn a couple of people away from the CSA because we just weren't confident that we would have enough, you know, um, uh, stuff to and be able to pack boxes. And so at some point we had to stop. We had to cut it off and say we we're full. We're not accepting any more CSA members. Yeah. Um, and I'd say we did pretty well at the market. Although I think it was um, a typical market uh, season as far as um, we did better on a. Um, some weeks, but they, the arts on the square didn't happen, which is a huge um, day for us uh, to make a lot that day. So sort of lost sales on a few of the right. um, popular weeks, but then made it up kind of more even steadily across the season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of consumers interested in buying local food last year. That was great. I loved it. Yeah, and hopefully hopefully that continues beyond the, our pandemic time and, and that people uh, support more local uh, more local everything that's definitely what we're trying to promote here too so you mentioned your csa can you tell me how does it work okay so some people don't know what a csa is and i honestly there was a time when i didn't know what a csa was either but they've been around for a long time csa stands for community supported agriculture so it's basically the idea of consumers pre-purchasing vegetables when a farmer's um, expenses are high in early in the season when they're buying seeds and soil amendments and, and they don't have anything to sell. And then with the promise and the agreement that the vegetables then will be um, uh, like sh- given out um, as they are available throughout the season. Um, I think that's the original concept of CSA. Obviously, it can change and evolve and be different for whatever farm. But at our farm, um, we uh, have a, you know, basic cost you can pay up front this much or you know we work with people sometimes too and Mm -hmm. and then um, we have 18 weeks of boxes so we start a first week of summer and then we go through um, for 18 weeks after that and you can get a box every week or you can get a box every other week Um, and then you can also get uh, the flower uh, bouquet CSA in there for eight of those weeks we do flower bouquets um, and uh the boxes are, you know, 
they're called a, like a three-quarter bushel box, but if you don't know what that is, you know, it's about, you know, like a, a, a nice box of vegetables, I guess. It's not too big, not too small, and uh, changes throughout the season. So, like, early in the season, you'll get, like, more greens and green onions and maybe some fresh herbs and things, and then uh, um, later in the middle of the season, then when the tomatoes come on, there's a lot of tomatoes and peppers, you know, fresh salsa season time. And then later at the end of the season, it'll be like potatoes and carrots and root crops and, um, and stuff like that, uh, garlic and onions and, and so forth. So that's kind of how, or now we do deliver to people's houses within the area, you know, oh, and then we, nice. uh, um, have a couple drop sites where people can uh, go and get their things if they're outside of our area. So kind of on the edge of, you know, um, Nelsonville is our north spot, uh, I, uh, Scandinavia. Um, so these are people who's uh, offering their porches for us to drop off boxes um, at. Okay, uh, nice. You know, then, you know, we go all deliver all about the chain and um, and then we have a drop in Wyiga this year. And then I have one kind of over by Fremont so people could... Um, go to those uh, drops if they if they're outside the area and they can't get home delivery then they can go there. Um, so your box size you said is three quarter bushel. Yeah, this is one of our boxes. Okay, I'm pointing super. at this box here, so, you can see that little wooden uh, box. That's actually those wood boxes. You, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, nice. Super. Yeah, they think sometimes they get used for other things. <laughs> we just grab a box and put stuff in it because you know that's why we chose boxes, wood boxes. This yeah. local person makes them out of scrap wood. So it's kind of like a recycle, it, reusing absolutely. things. Re and um, right. and then the, uh, there's a plastic liner that goes in there. Okay. Um, we used to just pack in there with a piece of paper, but now we've, with COVID, we decided let's just, let's get a plastic liner. We don't really like plastic, but then, you know, people can return the bag to us and we'll use it for something else around the farm. Right. Um, but everybody gets a new plastic liner every week with their vegetables in it and then they can just grab the bag out. But that's how they, you know, the boxes are contained and, and whatnot so so that's enough and that's every week for a box like, you can get one every or week every other week? weeks or every other week okay say if you're just right. a couple like yeah. two people every other week is is fine it's plenty and then if you want more you just go to the farmer's market and get more or something to, like that or right. maybe you have your own garden or something to, so to i understand that you've got some new software that's related well, to your csa yes Yes, it's called Harvey. Now, this has been around for a few years, and um, many farms have been using it. It's not a new software, but it's new to us. We decided after last year's demand to upgrade to this software because um, it actually does cost us uh, a little bit of money um, to operate it. But it's, you know, people can sign up online and they manage all of the signups, whereas before it was a little bit like, you know, a little bit unorganized, um, but they uh, can then go in and after they sign up, they can go in and select what things they like. Like they love beets. They want beets as much as possible or they hate kale. Don't oh. give me any kale okay. or something like that. So it will let them customize their box each week. In addition to having your favorites and your dislikes, you'll get a notification on Saturday that says, check your box make sure this is what you want. And then if we have things, say we have like, you know, everybody's going to get carrots this week, but then we have, you know, kale or lettuce, which one would you like? You know, so there's going to be a little bit of this sort of ability to swap things out. Um, and then we'll also be able to put all the extras. So when we have tomatoes coming in and you want a box of tomatoes, we'll be able to say we have 30 boxes of tomatoes. You know, if you want one, you know, you can just pay for it like that and it'll be delivered with your box. So it's kind of, allowing our farm to become more sustainable in a way 
because it's everything's going to be more efficient um and i think people are going to be happier and they're going to return because they're being able to customize things and i've noticed that we're getting a lot of new customers i think with the launch of this new software um just being able to select things that you like or don't like i think is a major uh plus for some customers who weren't sure before and now they're really excited. So yeah, I, I didn't even know something like that was available. I mean, we, we grow enough of our own veggies, so I don't participate in a CSA, but um, I've heard in the past, it was like, well, oh, I get a lot of this and not enough of this. And you can now, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to customize that for people if you don't know. Yeah. So now the software will let you do that. That's great. What else do you have to tell us about the CSA? Okay. So last year with COVID, we put it out there that we wanted to serve anybody, um, no matter whether they had an ability to pay or not. Oh. We just said... Okay. We, you know, we just put it on Facebook a couple of times and through my emails, I just said, and by the way, if you're struggling because of COVID, let us know and you can get vegetables and we will, don't worry about paying for it. And then on the same side, I said... If you want to have maybe an extra funds, maybe you want to help out somebody, you just, you know, you could send us, you know, some money for and sponsor a share if you want to. And so now with Harvey, we have that right on, right, uh, programmed in there. So it's obvious if somebody needs one, they can just sign up and say, I need a sponsored share. And then if somebody wants to pay, they can just pay whatever they want. So, and we had a, about 10% of our customers last year were sponsored shares. Wow. Um, so out of 45 people, we had about five to six people who took advantage of that. Um, some had every week, some were just every other week. Um, and I had somebody wanted to, specifically, they said, I, I want to sponsor a flower share. So, you know, I went into my all my sponsored shares and I said, somebody, you know, would you like a, a bouquet of flowers every week, you know, with your box? And so it was really, really wonderful. And it wasn't just CSA customers who were sponsoring shares. It was just people we knew who were like... You know, yeah. just want to help you with that. So I have kind of, this is something we wanted to do for a long time, but we didn't know how to work it. And I think COVID really pushed us to just, just take the risk, just put it out there and to say like, we don't really care about if you can pay or not. Just ask, tell us if you need the vegetables because we'll, we can, we can work that out. We'll work out the, the other thing, you know? Yeah. So that's, re that's really nice that, that you have that available. So if you are signing up for the csa through um through it's through harvey or how do you how do you, how do people sign up for the csa go to your website i imagine i'm glad you asked yeah. yeah if you go to our website there's a you know a thing that says vegetables the drop down menu it says how to sign up and then you know read the little thing about how harvey's working you know just click on that and then at the bottom will be just you know it's just harvey sign up page too if you go to harvey let's say you're listening to this podcast and you live somewhere else and you are curious about this a harvey farm there are harvey farms all over the place oh, so okay. i mean i don't want to tell people to go shop somewhere else <laughs> but they say you just are curious you can go to harvey's page so google harvey h-a-r-v-i-e at harvey farms and then it'll you can search for a farm in your area and you could sign up and your website address is? www.gravelroadfarm.com. Gravelroadfarm.com. So you can go ch check that out, too. Besides the CSA and besides visiting your website, I understand 
that you participate in and are a big part of the Wapaka Farm Market on Saturdays. You can tell me about that and how how that got started and what you do at the Wapaka Farm Market. Sure. So obviously the Wapaka Farm Market has been around since when since Wapaka started. Uh, it's an agricultural community, so it's not like I I started something new or anything there. But um, before we began our farm, you know, we we're coming to Wapaka uh, sort of as tourists, vacationers. And um, although grow, almost grew up in Wapaka with my dad, we come and visit my grandmother here all the time, and my aunts and uncles lived here, so kind of like sort of halfway, half in between a, 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 um, a town and lake. Uh, but so come here and driving by, and like there's one person set up the farmer's market, and my heart is just like, that's the farmer's market here in this beautiful agricultural rich soil and all this mm-hmm, stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, and kind of maybe a little naive and and whatnot about that but i knew in my heart i was like "Ah, this needs a better farm market this place of course you know my cousins are always like so bridget when are you gonna move here you know (laughs) at the family reunion and i'm like well i'm working on it i'm working on it but you know have to have my kids they gotta be old enough i can't be doing all these hard things with babies but eventually so then we start our farm and we set up at the farm market um, and we sell in our vegetables. And it's it's like two or three vendors sometimes, sometimes five or six. Um, and then, you know, in the height of the season, maybe a little bit more, but real scrappy. Just a few, you know, vendors setting up some days, um, especially the cold, rainy days and just not um, doing it. Um, but at the time I'm working at also at the library in town. This okay. was the job I got when we first landed here. We didn't know anybody really. We just, um, set up and we had to have some income. So I got a job in the children's department of the library, which was great because I had little kids it suited my personality. I love talking with people. I love the library. Um, uh, we moved here and we got our libraries like the next day, library cards the next mm-hmm. day, you know, we, we sure. integral part of our town here. Um, but, um, and and people should know that the farm market it takes place on the lawn right in front of the library there, so it's really close. Right. But so I'm working at the library, and then my boss is like, "Would you like to go to this community group meeting because we need we need representation at this community group?" And um, I'm like, "Of course, I love that. I love this idea. I love people. I love talking to people." So I go, and um, they are representing the library, kind of the children's library specifically, and and programming that the that the library wants to do in the summer, um, healthy programming and stuff. So um, it translates to like we're going around the room and I'm going to many meetings. And finally, I'm like, you know, I'm also the volunteer farmer's market manager there at, the, at you know, in Wapaka. Okay. And we could really use the, the farmer's market doesn't have anybody to like do anything. I'm barely, you know, um, doing anything. I'm posting on Facebook about the market and and going to the city to make sure, you know, the city knows this is every year, like, we're going to do this again. We're going to set up like this. And do we have permission to do these things? And so very minimal time. Um, but enough that I'm, you know, like feeling like sometimes like uh, overwhelmed because what do I tell people who want to sign up? I don't, we don't have an application. And mm-hmm. Anyway, um, eventually, so this is, this group is called Living Will Pack Away. Eventually they, they just, while I'm working with them in this in this capacity, the they, the name comes up, Living Will Pack Away, and um, it, it sort of 
you know, the group, people who are in this community group are from the hospital, from Theta Care. They're from the school district. They're from um, local businesses, um, restaurants and, and whatnot. And, the um, extension people, yeah, I think, are yeah, involved, uh, Yes, right? and th- yeah. that was a huge bit is the um, extension um, agents there helping to drive community uh, um, efforts. And... So we're meeting and we're talking about what does the community need? What do we as a group want to do? And eventually, I think over time, I wore them down and was like, we really need to work on the farmer's market. I mean, think if we make the farmer's market amazing, that a lot of other things will fall into place, you know. And so these are these are all stakeholders in the community. There's not living Opaca away isn't a um, doesn't have a, a board. They're not like their own entity. It's just groups working together like individuals from these different places coming together to work on projects. Um, and that the goal is, you know, work on a project, get it to be self-sustaining um, so that it can operate on its own and that the group isn't and constantly funding it, you know? Um, and, and I think that's what we did with uh, uh, the farm market. I spent, you know, many years there going to those meetings and we, we did this, we did leadership training that was off, by the um, University of Madison and four of us went and met with other small community groups who are trying to implement positive change in their community and we did you know sort of like a lot of work on our goals and um, and and how we we're going to implement it and 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 so then as a group we were really strong I feel like we really knew what we were doing and we put a grant together through to the um, debt cap um, it's a by 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 local oh, okay. uh, grant, sure. and we put a grant in to help the farmers market get a farmers market manager. And with those things, you have to have like um, you know a, a well written grant, but you also have to have in kind things. So like places and groups that are going to support this effort. Um, and I and we were awarded the grant thirteen thousand dollars for two years to pay for some supplies and to pay the market manager's salary. Um, And this was a huge win for us and a huge win for me and the market. uh, And it it was so amazing. I was just, we were so excited. It was uh, like, I can't believe this happened kind of thing. But this was me putting my own time in volunteering with this group, going to this leadership training, you know, writing this grant, going and interviewing farmers market managers. I mean, I did that all for free. Um, I didn't get paid or anything like that. I just wanted to do it. And I knew it would be important for me personally. I knew it would be important. Um, and it was very rewarding um, for the group to have um, people like me. Because a lot of them were maybe getting paid by their employer sure. to participate in this group. And I, sure. at this time, I was not working at the library in that capacity. I was sort of like, okay, I'm not going to be on this community group as a library person anymore, I'm going to be as myself as a community member. And, and so that, and that's where the, I think the, the farmer's market is what it is now because for two years, this will be the third year we've had a market manager. And, um, for two years, we've just been really well organized. And even last year with COVID, if we hadn't had all this in place, who would have been responsible for trying to like, organize something that was safe for people and right. have all that stuff. I wouldn't have been able to because I'm operating a farm. I don't have time to look right. at all that. Right. We might not have had a farmer's market last year. So I feel like that group along, you know, certain individuals in the group that we worked really hard on that grant because obviously everybody works on different things. They also do, uh, you know, fun runs and um, 
encouraging other kind of healthy living things, activities, whatnot, just kind of uh, effects will be felt for years from that work that we did. Um, And uh, if you go to the farmer's market, if you went last year, if you go this year, you'll notice how organized and how big it is and how um, healthy it feels there. Um, uh, Say like any other bigger town around here would have a farmer's market. You know, Wapaka is the biggest town in the county. Right. There's might be some other small little farmer's markets here and there, um, individual farmers set up, but to have them all in one place in town there um, just feels like quite an accomplishment from, say, 2012 in the summer, and there's one person there selling on the street. Yeah. And now, now we're going to have this beautiful downtown, and then we have this healthy, vibrant farmer's market to go with it. I think it's all kind of really gelling and i think next year you know it when the town is all done and we're back on our nice shady grassy area it's just going to be amazing and yeah definitely so this year though because some of you may know some of you may not but the downtown wapaka is going to get all new streets um, with the streetscape uh, project and that means that the farm market has to move for one year. Um, and can you tell me where are you going to be? So, yeah, Fulton Street. It's only about a block from where we normally are set up in the shade of the trees by the library. Um, but it's just cl- across the street from the Quick Trip gas station. Right. It's in a lot that's formerly known as Midtown Motors. was a, a long time ago a you know car sales place. Mm-hmm. But in the past five years has been a vacant lot. Well, the city owns that lot. And so they have... Um, gone ahead and given us the approval to set up our farmer's market there. Um, not as beautiful as the grassy lawn um, with shady trees and everything, but it uh, really well organized and um, you'll be able to park on the street and and whatnot. And um, next to it is the rural, rural mutual insurance parking lot. I think people will, might be able to park their cars there, walk over to the farmer's market in the on the other lot. Um, it'll be different. It'll be a little bit hotter, I think. But you know what? I think I'm just grateful that we have somebody who's organizing it, um, and uh, and I don't have to do <laughs> do it. Yeah, I mean, you you've definitely seen or lived through the evolution the last nine years, ten almost ten years, of uh, the growing farm market. And I know we participated a, a couple years with our herbal products as well. But you say, as far as you know, there are more vendors this year. more people are coming out that's what the word on the street is that more people are interested in becoming vendors and i think that's one of the things i always had in my mind is the more vendors we get the more customers we get the more customers we get the more vendors we can support it's just kind of a thing and you know the farmer's market manager is there to serve not just the customers but the vendors you know so making the farmer's market what the what the um the, the farmers want, also the producers, the artists, all the people who are making things to sell um, is really important. Um, and I think that a lot of farmers markets don't always have somebody there to organize it and do it. But she, um, her name's Lindsay, and she's been um, tell, telling me, you know, like, oh, thanks for sending your application. By the way, we've gotten a lot of new applicants this year, so it's going to be a really great summer. Um, even if it's somebody who's just trying something, like, yeah. just bring what you have. Maybe you want to try to grow some flowers or maybe you want to try and grow a few vegetables or something or maybe you just have some eggs or some whatever, you know, just come and bring it and um, uh, that's how you get started, you know. That's what the farmer's market's all about is 
that's where you get customers and build your customer base and yeah. that's how we can do what we do I think is a, the farmers market's a really big part of everything that we do here I know I, I met you because of the farm market I the first person I interviewed for these podcasts Rachel Boressa I met her because of the farm market and um, there's a whole a lot of people that I've, I've met because of, of going and participating in the farm markets and then we we have a little gap of, of time when we may, especially in the later afternoon when there may not be as many customers, you get to talk to people a little bit about what you're doing. You know, yeah, yeah, I know you Saturday. like to talk, Mark. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, I'm doing a podcast, right? So, so that 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 makes sense. So, so yeah. So, um, and I understand there's going to be a, a slight time change. Um, I heard that it's going to be nine to one. Although, if anybody wants to stay and sell all afternoon, if you've got things. Um, but it's nine nine to one, across from Quick Trip downtown Wapaka on Fulton Street that you can look for the farm market. What are you excited about for this growing season? Are you doing anything, anything new and different that people might want to see? Any new any new vegetables, herbs, flowers? Anything? We're growing more of everything that we've ever grown. So I think we're really excited about the growth, um, as farmers, and uh, and the growth that COVID and local food interest has given us uh, mentally feeling really ready for the season, feeling better physically than maybe last year. Cause, cause it feels like the, some of the pandemic stuff is going to slow down right. and, and then it's going to feel safer and happier. Um, so I think I'm, you know, the, the time change on the market was something the vendors wanted. I think that, that, going till two we used to go to two i think that one to two o'clock was just really slow like you're saying but i think in their new location it's gonna be really hot there um because it's concrete and asphalt right um so uh, i think that's the key thing but um we're gonna do everything that we always do but we're doing better than we did last year so do you have um do you have people helping you or is it just your family that, that grows all this extra Okay, so <laughs> it's just uh, this is the first year that I think we're going to hire somebody. We have somebody who's been help volunteering for the past four years, and so this year we're actually going to hire uh, this person and pay them okay. money. That's new. Um, and COVID is going to help with that because yeah. uh, I think you know the way uh, the way we're going to operate our business is just going to be a little bit easier yeah. uh, to have somebody and. Because I haven't been feeling great, we weren't sure how I was going to feel this farm, uh, this farming season. So we brought we're bringing somebody in um, now. People can come and fa- uh, volunteer, okay, um, in exchange for vegetables. And last year we had the most we've ever had. You can ex- work in exchange for uh, like a CSA for a box, or we've had people just come to help us just to get what maybe whatever that week, a little bit of this or a little bit mm-hmm. of that. Okay. Um, really informal. Um, so, yeah, it's my husband and myself doing most of the work. And then um, I think we usually have like four or five good, solid volunteers. And so this year, an, an employee. Now, if somebody is really interested in farming and really wants to come and learn how we do things, I would encourage them to email me, go to my website, there's an email thing on the home page where you can just enter in your question. You can contact me through Facebook, through our business page, um, or Instagram. I'm on there a lot. And just, you know, 
come out to the farm when it's going and we can have like you can help me work, do a little bit of something and then I can teach you something that you need to know um, it's the best way to get started in farming is to go work with somebody else yeah. um, and um, giving your time uh, to a farmer can be really valuable especially if you're um, have a lot of energy and, and enthusiasm too and um, we really appreciate all the volunteers on our farm they're invaluable to us so uh, um, because we work so closely with them, they become we get you know really close to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Yeah, and I mean, you get to work outside and work with plants and food, and it's good, healthy work too. You know, good, good exercise. I, I, I think I, I got my own farm, but I'd rather do this than go at some workout club. Yeah. I, you know. I joke about that all the time. People look see me working, and I was like, I just remind them that I don't have a gym membership. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is it. So exactly. I don't. They they don't have to help me. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, definitely. So, can you tell me what continues to stoke your passion about farming, local foods, and the local community? Oh, you know, we do this really great. Well, I do. My Ross helps. We do this really great field trip with the school that my children go to. Okay. And this is a Tomorrow River Community Charter School in um, Amherst. Um, it's kind of an outdoor nature-based uh, charter school. Um, and uh, this uh, spring will be the fourth time I've had the third graders out. They come for either a day or an overnight. Because of COVID, we're just doing a day trip. But they spend all day here, and I plan a little routine for them, and I break them up into small groups, and they go and they do all kinds of things on the farm. So they, in the spring, we plant seeds or we mulch vegetables or um, um, stuff like that. Um, I have them, you know, uh, work in the um, in the gravel pit. Um, we have all those beautiful rocks and and sand, and I I have them uh, do some measuring and things like that, so, uh, distance and weight, and then we um, spend some time with the sheep. You know, our sheep are kind of kind of tame tame enough that I can bring kids in there and the, and, the, and the visit with the little lambs and they can hold the lambs and mm-hmm. just connect with them and and stuff so that's that always makes me get really excited about living here and all the things we do um, obviously springtime's such a beautiful time it's not hard to get excited about something like this the the kids you know eight eight year olds it's like this really special time in the in their lives they're just turning eight. And they're kind of waking up to a lot of things. It's a less less small, you know, self-absorbed child things, and it's more like about the rest of the world uh, just opening up to them. And and they have this will to work, you know, mm-hmm. maybe only for fifteen minutes, but the enthusiasm to work is a hundred percent. And they're so excited about shoveling or whatever um, you, you ask them to do. And then we usually have like a fire pit and they, they sing and, um, do lots of really beautiful, healthy things outside if we can. Oh, it's just a wonderful time. So that, that's kind of one of my favorite things. Um, you know, our lambs are being born right now. Um, we have about 20 ewes and that is also really exciting and special. And that always makes me really happy. Um, uh, sometimes can be really tragic, but also just uh, the new life on the farm just makes you really excited. And I think everybody around here in northern Wisconsin and central Wisconsin, um, winter is really hard. And we like living here because for whatever reason. But then when spring comes, everybody just wakes up and gets a little bit happier and and stuff. So 
Yeah. I, I don't know. It's something that we, that I have to remind myself that this is, this is what we do. I don't have a choice. I don't get to say, well, I don't really feel like doing this today. You know, <laughs> you just keep doing it. Um, and you, yeah. I, I don't know. I love putting my hands in the dirt. I was always that kid, really dirty kid, touching a lot of dirt and playing, getting my hands dirty and stuff like that. So, yeah, you, you definitely, once you, once you start growing things, you have to keep paying attention and keep up with it. But it's, if you do, it's really rewarding and, and you get to work with, um, all these plants and the sheep and be outside and, and, and enjoy that. So, yeah, yeah, we're building, I don't know if you can hear the, the hammering, but you can, um, we're building a new sheep shelter for the sheep and something that's long overdue, but kept putting off until we really felt like we really had to do it. But it really, um, you know, something to put a little bit of hay away, um, put the sheep if the weather got bad during lambing time, you know, something that we wouldn't use a lot, but would be critical for maybe becoming more sustainable uh, shepherds for the sheep and making their care better. Yeah, so if you can hear that in the background, that's not just sound effects. Ross is actually building a shed right now. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today? I'm just so glad that you're doing these podcasts. I've been wanting to do something like this, but I don't have any skills of it. But I love this idea. I think this is going to reach a lot of people, and it creates a piece of... Um, uh, like an ephemeral thing it's like can be gone you know but it you can use it to educate people you can use it to connect people um and i think that um you know our our little town here is just so special i hope that you can find a lot more people to interview and do more um educating people about what's happening and um interviewing people who have small businesses that are, you know, going to need more exposure this summer because of the construction. I think the right. timing of your interviewing all of this is going to be so great for them because they're maybe they're going to be like, well, this is how you come to my store because I have this back door that you can come to or this is how you can order things or you can still use my sidewalk today, you know, right. and stuff like right. that. So, right. I mean, I think I'm just looking forward to... Um, this summer and everything was just kind of gonna fall into place i guess for for a lot of people in in town and it's gonna be this beautiful new street that we have uh and sidewalks and streetscapes and whatnot and um looking forward to the arts on the square uh in yep, August, hap- I know that's, that's like, happening. Not like in, a long time, in town, ago. but it's coming. <laughs> but yep. I'm looking forward to that and summer concerts and um, yep. everybody getting back together and and yep. whatnot and uh, yeah. I guess I I I kind of hope that all the people who got excited about local food don't aren't aren't are still excited because I think. I think it had been waning for a while. Like the year before was our lowest CSI sign up ever. Mm-hmm. The fewest people right. signed up. Um, and then COVID and, and that was the most we'd ever had. And so I really hope that it sort of renews everybody's interest in it. And that they know like, you know, only one person has, you know, like touched this food. And it's like direct to me. It, it, you know, it's yeah. kind of a really special relationship. I think that's what a CSA is all about it's not necessarily just about the food it's about a relationship 
and building those relationships with people who, you know, are, you know, in your community, maybe you don't know, but even you, you know, find another person who is uh, into local food through your CSA, even, you know, like at the pickup spot or, or whatever at the farmer's market and you just start talking about it and building all those relationships, you know, like, I mean, this is random, but Hannah's actually been to our farm because I have a snapshot camera here and she was like, Oh, I'm looking for this, my turkey project. Oh my God. I have a snapshot. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on out. Come on. You can set up on my farm. I don't, that's, that sounds great. I love it doing research we're all about we all we do all kinds of citizen science here we you know we we do monarch tagging sometimes and we have we have our prairie of course that the nrcs helped us put in and and then um uh the um wisconsin breeding bird atlas if you know what that is no what is that well it's so it's uh basically it's already completed but it's a five-year study of people they mark out blocks of land and you mark birds that you've seen um and submit submit your observations and then they compile it all so it's basically animals who are present during their breeding period and then you're marking whether you've seen them with young or seen them nest building or if you've just see, seen the individual um, or, or whatnot um, or if you've seen a pair or, or whatnot. So, um, but all birds throughout Wisconsin and then all that data will be compiled and be released in a big book and stuff like that. So yeah. I, we submitted all that that we could in the time that we have. Um, and then, of course, the snapshot thing, you know what that is. Well, I do now. I, I I didn't realize how big of a deal that was until I was I was interviewing Hannah, and you can check out the um, episode. She loves looking at pictures of turkeys. She has looked at I think a hundred and seventy thousand pictures already of turkeys. You know, she's just really passionate about wildlife. So it's it was so fun talking with her because she just got excited about yeah things like that. You know, so she loves yeah. it. So yeah, we've gotten some really nice pictures of um, some coyotes, a beautiful group of otters um, regularly last summer, you know, like five or six of them romping back and forth in front of the trail cam. And, um, mostly 90% of the pictures I get are deer and raccoons. Right. And, uh, right. And, uh, and, but then I get a lot of beautiful shots of close-ups of cranes, sandhill cranes and stuff. So, um, but all that, all that information goes to the DNR and the DNR owns it and I own the pictures too. So yeah, I, yeah, I love that. All those citizen science things. I'm, I'm going to be doing more episodes with Golden Sands as well. There's more coming up with, with all the different things that, that they do. So so be listening for that. So can you tell me again, where's the website and where can we find out more about Gravel Road Farm? Okay. So Gravel Road Farm has an extensive website built by me, yeah. www.gravelroadfarm.com. Not farms. No, there's no S. Okay. Gravelroadfarm.com. Of course, Facebook. We have a great Facebook page where we do a lot of updates, a lot of great pictures. Instagram, you can go to Instagram, Gravel Road Farm. Follow me there, and I can follow you back. Lots of great pictures. I do pictures of, you know, uh, wildlife, the farm, nature, kids, you know, farm life, stuff like that. 
Um, and of course, the Wapaka Farmers Market has an extensive Facebook page also that um, is quiet right now. There's not a lot happening, right? But there will be soon. They'll start to be links put up there and um, probably be highlighting some of the vendors that are going to be attending the summer market and lots of information about the market and where it's going to be, maps and stuff like that, so you know um, uh, you can be totally in the know. Um, and that's a great way to find, you know, to if you there's something from the farmers that you need to know, you can message through the Wapaka Farm Market Facebook page. You can message the market manager there. She she's really good at responding yeah. like yep. that. So so those are the places where you can find stuff and find us and and whatnot. Very good. Yeah, and you can always it's you know reach out to Bridget and Ross if you want to find out more about what they're doing and go see them at the farm market and talk to all the other farmers. So. Thank you very much. We look forward to seeing you this summer around town at the at the market and um, seeing your progress on your shed and all the wonderful things you're working on. Yeah, so. I, I'm really grateful. Thank you so much for doing this. And I'm, like I say, I'm really looking forward to all of that too and seeing everyone. Thank you for listening to Common Roots Rising. You can learn more about how we are cultivating community at commonrootsrising.org.